Hello, losers, and welcome back to the Loose Change Podcast. It was going to be the NHL trade deadline preview primer episode of the Loose Change Podcast, but it seems like all the trades have already happened, and I have no idea how Sportsnet or TSN are going to survive trade deadline day. They have a full days of coverage. We have the full crew to talk about all the all the uh, trades that already happened. So now you don't have to watch that coverage at all. Let's start with my, your hosts, Tyler Two Senses, Maple Leafs. Man, Dubis is all over the uh, grid. You know that gif of him using two phones looking all paranoid at the draft? That's him all season or all day long. He is trading everything. We got co-host Stuart, Kai, Braden here to react to everything. Let's start with a small little trade. Nothing crazy. Just Jake McCabe and Sam fucking Lafferty from the Blackhawks. A conditional fifth and a conditional fifth. Who gives a fuck? And basically, Jake McCabe and Lafferty are now Maple Leafs. And in exchange, Dubis just gave up a conditional first round pick, top 10 protected in 2025. Two contract slots in Joey Anderson and Gogolev, and a second round pick in 2026. McCabe is also signed for another two years after this one at 50% retained. Holy shit, what a trade! A, A, A plus, A plus, A plus. Stu, what do you think? Uh, I like the trade a lot. I mean, I don't think Sam Lafferty is anything. I mean, he was on the Penguins for a while. Whoa. He's nothing. He's really? nothing. Okay, I actually needed someone to. I, tell me I that would because I had no I, idea. Like, <laughs> you can play him, and you're like, okay, like Sam Lafferty's on the ice. Like he'll try to hit people, but he'll take a lot of penalties. Probably doing it. Uh, he has the uh, second most shorthanded goals in the league. You don't give him any uh, respect in the PK. Maybe since he left Pittsburgh, Chicago made him a penalty killer, but I don't think he killed many penalties on when he was on Pittsburgh. But uh, as far as the trade goes, I don't know. I like it for the Leafs. Jake McCabe at two million bucks seems pretty good. To be completely honest, I haven't watched a lot of Chicago this year. Why would you? But apparently he's doing really well in top four minutes, so can't complain about that. Cost-controlled is the best thing that the Leafs get on this. Yeah. Pardon me? Um, yeah, Cost you control. get two more years at two mm-hmm. mil for Cost McCabe. Control, is, yeah. That's so awesome, good. right? Yeah. Um, What's the uh, what's the condition on the first rounder? Just top ten protected. Okay. All yeah. Right. Anyways, I'm the... surprised they even bothered. <laughs> Lafferty and McCabe. You know what, Leaf fans, you're getting for those that are like Stewart that haven't watched Chicago games. Obviously, I understand why. But as this like sick Leaf fan here, I've been trying to scout McCabe and Max Domi, and everyone on Chicago who has been selling, and Leafs would be buyers. And I love McCabe. He is very Muzzin-esque. The Leafs have been missing Muzzin. And what Muzzin should be is the shutdown guy, the guy that lays a tough hit and can scrap if he needs to. I've seen McCabe scrap once, one, no decision. Like, for sure, he destroyed the guy, so that's good. Love seeing the guy that can win a fight on the Leafs defensively. That'll help all the Facebook uncles out there like him. And also, for all the advanced advanced analytics people out there, he was on Chicago, and at 5-on-5, when he was on the ice, there were plus 2. Plus 2. Chicago at 5-on-5 is minus 53 in the season. Minus 50 fucking 3. Brayden, thank you for your facial reaction if I decide to clip this. (laughs) Can you believe that shit? Like, that's a shutdown defenseman. 
I can't believe that we've gone this far into it without hearing Brayden's beautiful voice. Lay it on me, Brayden. What's going on here? How big of a W is this for Doobie? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't, I'm with Stu. I don't get Lafferty. Like, I, I like on the surface, and I, I remember like people are saying, oh, McCabe and Lafferty, and I like McCabe a lot. But who does Lafferty push out of the lineup? Well, how about this? Can I set this up? You it's need a depth, first and right? a second for McCabe and Lafferty. It's basically a first and a second for McCabe. Lafferty was a throw-in. But, I mean, he's there, though. So, like, where is he going to play? Like, again, I even with all the other moves today, I'm sorry. I still look at the Leafs, and, like, I know Tavares has been good on the left wing. I'd still prefer that they went out and got another winger for that second-line spot. Okay, so you look at this trade... And you think, I kind of wish they used those assets and didn't get Lafferty and McCabe. You wish not they necessarily. went. Because I, a... don't, I don't want to compare Lafferty into, oh, getting a second left winger. That's not what we did. We went and got McCabe instead well, of being that left That's winger. my question is, like, are they going to play him there? Because I do think that they need, I did think that they needed a physical top four defenseman. Jake McCabe fills that box. I like that a lot. Yeah, exactly. I think he was the best possible defenseman on the market uh, at a reasonable cost. Like, I like that Two a lot. million, Braden. That's more than reasonable. Isn't that like a steal of a deal? That's like well, way I'm, better I'm, than... I just, I'm, I'm just referring to acquisition cost rather than cap. Oh, but okay. all gotcha, in all, gotcha, like, gotcha. they go hand in hand, right? Um, I if they're D stronger, we'll get into the other trades there because I mean, the key with the Leafs right now, as well, looking at the trades, is it's an arms war with them in Tampa. We know that they're mm-hmm. going to play in each other in the first round, it's like a 97% chance that it happens. Yeah, so you look at the Tampa acquisition of Tanner Janot and the fucking metric fuck ton that they gave up for, and him. we will get into that. <laughs> we'll get into it, but to just preface it, like Janot is a guy who's going to be like Blake Coleman was for them before, who Nick Paul was for them last year, who uh, Brendan Hagel was for them last year, where he's going to run shop. You know, Janot is going to run the fucking leave shop when he's there. So mm-hmm. getting physical defenders like our your boy there, Jake McCabe, and our boy to foreshadow a little bit, Luke Shen, have fun going against those two on a pairing together if you want to put them out in your own zone for a D zone mm-hmm. draw, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, it toughens them up. I just still. My one thing left is that I like the trade. Oh, so trade on its own. I like, I think it's an A for Dubas. I think it's a, we'll call it a B for the Blackhawks. Um, go get that left winger though. Okay. Yeah. And sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there, Tyler. And I think uh, kind of what um, favorite tweet I saw today was guys saying, uh, nice to see Toronto Maple Leafs using their 100 person front office to make multiple trades at once for, for the <laughs> yeah. first time. Yeah, I think that sums it up perfectly. I think that all these moves are connected, and I think they're building towards something else, which could yeah. be that winger that you're talking about. And you know? there's definitely a clear identity of toughness mm-hmm. that they're going after because you mm-hmm. take out Pierre Engvall. Let's just look at lineup. You take out Engvall because he was traded for a third-round pick, and you there's the spot for Lafferty. Lafferty, in his game against the Leafs this week, as a Blackhawk, he had eight hits. Eight Engvall, when I watch him every single shift, I'm just screaming, finish the check. He doesn't do it. And when he does, it's just a little push at the guy. It's nothing. You're going up against Tampa Bay. And then if you can somehow get past him, it's Boston. I'm so happy that this trade is just screaming toughness across both players. It was a huge part of what Dubas clearly went out and got. Because like you pointed out, they also got Luke Shen. And traded away Rasmus da- or Darlene, I wish. Rasmus Sandine. They traded away Sandine, got Gustafson, and they add Luke Shen. 
effectively mm-hmm. add like taking away the Swede that's the great playmaker and then adding brute defensive defenseman. Mm-hmm. What do we think about this move and commitment <sighs> to toughness across the board for all of these trades for Dubas? Yeah. You know, you like to see it in a vacuum. I just hope that they're not overcompensating. Yeah. Trying to play. We've seen, we've seen teams useful. try to add toughness before and it just hasn't worked out. And I think you can see people overcompensating for toughness when they go out and get good Branson. But yes. when you go out and get McCabe, who can actually play, Luke Shen ain't no slouch. I, mm-hmm. I, I respect that. But I also do know that Sandine is going to be amazing on the Capitals. Can't you see Sandine? That's the only one I don't really understand. In the power Here's play? The, yeah. I'll explain it for you right now. Ready? <laughs> Tell me you're ready. I'm ready. Who's the least top pairing left defenseman? So here's the thing. It's Morgan Riley until 2029, 2030. Who'd they just get? That's a left-hand shot. They just traded for Eric Jake Gustafson. McCabe. Jake McCabe and, and Gustafson. So like, is he better than Gustafson? Yes. Yeah, but who's like, you're not, he's not moving Riley or McCabe out of either even strength spot. He's not taking Riley's spot on the top power play. You're not taking the PK spot away from McCabe. Where are you going to play? Right. He was going to turn in. It was crushed by the minutes. He wouldn't have got that ice time that he needed to continue to develop. He would have turned into Travis Dermott 2.0. And it's not about development right now, Braden, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe it was for the Leafs with Sandy in a couple of years ago, yep. but this is what it's come to. It's about winning the first round and cup this year and mm-hmm. see a Sandine. I understand I, why they did it in a vacuum, but I'm I, sad to see him go. The, the first round picks they got back, I think is huge, especially if they make another trade. Now they have like two first, right? Yeah. So this year. They have yeah, to make Stu, another trade. I want to point or, out to listeners, they got a and if first they're picking in the first, yeah. yeah. And if they're picking in the first round this year, then they're fools. Fools. Absolute yeah. fools. Yeah. They're so not. I, right. can, like, I can guarantee they won't pick in the first because even if they do keep it, you know it's going to get traded for a second round pick and a third or a fourth round pick later on <laughs> in the day. Is that Washington? It's Washington's first, right? Like it's not another team. Boston's. It's Boston. Oh, it's Boston's first? Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought the trade was way better than it was. I was like, why mm-hmm. did Washington trade their first? And they're clearly just mailing the rest of the season in, but that makes way more sense. Yeah. But I really like that trade for Washington. That's it's good. And uh I, love I just would have if it is gonna be followed up, you know, the Leafs using that first round pick and acquiring a winger, I'm surprised they didn't just trade Sandine for a winger straight up. Um but maybe yeah, this was we'll what more enticing. Maybe this was easier cap wise. This definitely gave them some cap help at the time. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there was a plan to the all of it, but these three trades happened in like 45 minutes. So you got to assume yeah. all of the Engvall, Sandine, Shen, McCabe, all that kind of went together hand in hand. Mm-hmm. So then what would you guys grade the Leafs on all these trades? Like all of them in a, like in a vacuum. Yeah. If they make no I think trades, it's okay to leave trade deadline. It's a. fair to group them. Ace do it's fair to group them all. In totally. The- I think it's so fast. Yeah. We can give Dubis after you lose Engvall and Sandine. You that's it, and you lose a first and a second and a third. You get Luke Shen, you get Lafferty, you get McCabe, you get Gustafson. I say it's a B and you plus get a first round pick and a first round pick. B plus A A minus for the Leafs. A minus. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can get much closer to an A than that. They didn't I, trade any top prospects. 
I really expected they still Nice have, to be gone. They still have plenty of um, trade chips. So yeah, they have. Dude, they have space. two first round picks still. They have made all yeah. that those acquisitions. They still have two firsts, and they didn't give up any other top prospects. No, like that's an A, mm-hmm. right? The only way it's an A plus is if, like you managed to go get the top dog in Meyer or Chitron. That's an A. And yeah, I think I'm sitting like closer to like something. a B right now without us without another move. I'm sitting closer to a B just because like. That's sanding the trade hurts too. Yeah. And me. also like if you just look like forwards wise, like Ingvall is better than Lafferty and you're replacing him in. Like I get I disagree. Lafferty four checks. Disagree is, completely. I don't think Lafferty is any. Well, here's the thing. Lafferty's a better penalty killer than Ingvall. I know that because I know that Ingvall's yeah. not a good penalty killer. And he's a better four checker than Ingvall. I know that because he hits and Ingvall doesn't. And anything else doesn't matter to me. I don't care if Ingvall's the better scorer or the slightly better playmaker when it comes to a seven game series against Tampa. I just need the guy that's going out there for 40 seconds and throwing hits and not getting scored on. Engvall doesn't do that for me. He's a better bottom six player. I think he is a better, better bottom six player. Engvall might be the better player in a pickup mm-hmm. game of hockey, but yep. I'm taking Lafferty in a seven game series as building my team around the Leafs. I'd still, the least, I think, need to trade for a forward, whether it be a second line left winger, like Braden was saying, or just another third line. But look at you, you know, one's coming. Okay. How much NHL defenseman they've got on the roster right now? Morgan Riley, right? TJ Brody, Jake McCabe, uh, Timothy Liljegren, Connor Timmons, Luke Shen, um, Eric Gustafson. And I know I'm missing somebody. Mark Mark Giordano. You got eight. Justin Hall. Justin Hall. That's nine players. Like literally nine players. Jordy Ben's their 10th defenseman. Jordy Ben. And then even that Mac Hollowell had time earlier in the he's, year and he looked decent. He's NHL ready. He's okay for a game. Yeah. So but here's the thing, Braden. That's what Stanley Cup winning teams do. So I'm not ready to give up on that. I wouldn't be surprised if they roll into the playoffs with nine defensemen that are capable of playing NHL minutes. You should. I you don't should. know if you need nine. Nine I think or ten. You need eight. They played Marinchin. You need eight. I agree. They you played Marinchin against Boston and got yeah. destroyed. But to that point, you know, if, if someone gets injured in their top six, who's coming up from the bottom six to play? There you go. Right. Where Tampa can call up someone like Janot or Hagel. Like who's who's well, Nick Toronto Nyes. Toronto's calling up like Nyes or Kerfoot. Right. That's a good point. And that's putting a lot of pressure on Nyes who's never played a professional game. Dude, he's the 40th ranked prospect outside the NHL right now. Like he's mm-hmm. not going to be this amazing. Like it's, if he's an okay third liner, it's a win. I think yeah. he has a lot of promise. I love Matthew Nice. Mm-hmm. You should see some of the goals he's putting in, but you're right. But, How can you yeah, expect to, to your, come, to like, your point? I think he's, he's got a ton of potential, but to your point, which you said earlier, this year is all about winning the cup. Yeah. And yeah. that and means that those two first round picks need to be on different teams. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Not at not in the off season, like before the deadline. Let's yes. go win it now. Yeah. All right. So let's wrap up the Leafs. Then we've all kind of given our grades on it. With we have a couple more days. This might get outdated the second it comes out. The Leafs. We all agree need to make one more move. We're getting greedy. Mm-hmm. Dubas has made a lot, but just mm-hmm. one more. Let's put us over the edge. Okay. Who's who's available? <laughs> who's available? Yeah. Nick G. Miller. Yeah, maybe. Maybe a Canuck. We'll get into the Canuck soon. But let's let's talk about that Lightning Geno trade. Holy shit, was that a lot or what? So the Tampa Bay Lightning, they acquire forward Tanner Geno from the Predators in exchange for defenseman Cal Foot, a former first rounder, Cal Foot, 
a conditional first round pick in 2025, a second round pick in 2024, and a third, fourth, and fifth round pick. The first ever NHL trade to include a first, second, third, fourth, and fifth going from one side to another. Basically a draft class of people for a guy that was undrafted. Isn't that insane? And that just goes to show Tampa's whole philosophy on picks. I'm pretty sure the GM said, and I'll quote him directly, fuck them picks. And you know what? Fuck them picks. Look at what Tampa's been doing. They go get Goudreau, Hagel. Mm -hmm. They get Savard over the last three years. Mm -hmm. And they've probably in each case, overpay, 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 resulting in cup, cup, and cup final. So, Mm -hmm. like, this feels like it's too much, but also... Tanner Janot will score a game-winning goal against Toronto, and it'll be all worth it, right? That's just you gotta you gotta trust that the the pro scouting division on that team did a lot of research into him. Here, I'll do it right now for you. You ready? Yeah. Okay, his first year in the NHL, 2020, he had five goals in 15 games. He shot nine percent. Got it. Second year in the NHL. (laughs) His career shooting percentage in the AHL as well as 9%. Last year, he puts up 24 goals. 81 games. Got it? I missed that one. Shot 21% last year. This year, he's shooting 5%, 5 goals. You got that? Got so, it. if your career average is 9%, all right, you got that? You got that? You shoot 9% career average. Your big career at 21, that pumps your value. And you're down to shooting 5 right now. What's that tell you? He's due. He's he due 4%. It? But he's not a 20. He doesn't got it. He's not a 21% shooter. Yeah. You got it? Got it. <laughs> so you're... I I, actually, so wait, no. To be honest, I don't get it. Like, wait, wait, what are you saying? I'm not really sure what your point is. Yeah. He's a career 9% shooter. Last year, when he went on that banner and everyone went, Tanner's no, Tanner's no. The guy was shooting 20%. Yeah. You don't shoot 20% when you're a 9% shooter. He's shooting 5% right now. Right? So we're going to have positive regression to the mean. He's going to get more goals. But... You're not going to get that 20 goal score that you we you know thought he may have been last year. So what what is he then to you? What is he really? I mean, he's he's a, like a solid he, third liner, I think. He's right? a solid third liner, and the you know I I, I think they just paid a thousand dollars for a hot dog when you could have paid you know five dollars for it. You know what I think as a well, we're gotten fan, a way better hot dog. Or we're gonna, well you could have got caviar with that fucking thousand dollars. There you are. Okay, speaking of hot dogs, I got a, this insanely good corn dog at the Leafs game. Got a corn dog, uh, so good that I went back and got another one. So I had two corn dogs by now. Then the I second intermission, forty dollars. You got that? Oh, sorry, I'm, I am down about no, it's forty eight dollars. You got that? So after that second intermission, I'm like, oh, I'm feeling a little thirsty. Let me go get one beer. I'm at the. Get, I have one beer. I'm like, okay. Actually, you know what? Let me get a double vodka too. Double vodka and Red Bull. I have two drinks. I'll finish the game off with that. How much do you guys think is one beer and one double vodka at the Leafs game? I know a beer. You're, what type of beer was it? Yeah, the, the high. Yeah. $12.50. Liquor is so expensive. Tall Boy? Like Tall, King boy. Can? Tall Boy. King Can, 710 milliliter. And okay, then I'm going to double ooh, vodka okay. and Red Bull. I'm going to say like... the beer was 17 and I'm going to say the double vodka was 25. After tax, beer, what was it for the two of them? That is the question. Forty. I'm going to say forty dollars. Yeah. Uh, Forty-five after tax. Okay. My guess was like thirty-nine. Okay. Brilliant. Yeah, I know that the king cans are. It's like seventeen fifty, I think, for one. 
and or 15 at something like that. And then a double vodka crayon is like, I know from my days at the Dua Lipa concert, you're looking at like 20. Right. So I'm going to say $39. 53. Oh my Whoa! God. <laughs> I, had to, I, I had to take out my debit card. I had a $50 bill in my hands. Like, oh, that won't do here. No. Is that with tip? <laughs> uh, with tip, it was 55, 56. I tip two fifty. You tip standard. on that? I don't no, know. I, I don't tip on. I that. tip standard no. two fifty. That's what I do. That's my game. But I completely don't blame you if you don't tip for those types no. of th- transactions. You know what the worst place is that ask for tips now? Subway. Yeah, exactly. You did Subway your fucking job. Subway. Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah. Okay, that's. We're not. I'm not tipping you at. I'm. You're not an artist. Okay. You see, you see that video going around <laughs> of the landlord that takes tips with rent. <laughs> yeah, I saw that video today. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not. Take tips with rent. That's so fucking funny. That that was like, so you'll tip your barista at Starbucks for pouring your overpriced coffee, but you won't tip your landlord, Lord, who's on call like 24 hours a day for you or whatever. <laughs> oh, only 10% no hot water this month. I noticed there was no gra- <laughs> gratuity last December. Um, so. Anyways, I forgot we're okay. We're recording. Back to the hockey podcast. <laughs> Back to the hockey podcast. Yes. Uh, so you just tip their landlord is what they did with that trade. The they put a lot on did. that they didn't <laughs> yeah. do. I agree, but maybe but, tipping your landlord will result in another cup. <laughs> Tampa's bottom bottom six has such bad. an identity, though. It's just they're gonna go out there and force every the time. I know, and apparently there's GMs and uh, scouts out there that said the second they saw this, yep. He's a Tampa Bay Lightning player through and through. The second they saw Garnet Hathaway trade the Bruins, everyone's like, that makes sense. Yeah. Like those players just mm-hmm. fit the molds. So I'm excited to yell fuck at the TV when Tanner Gino scores the game five game winner in round one. But that will only bring the series to three, two and Toronto will win in game six. I'm excited. And actually, after these trades, I'm starting to feel better and better about my Leafs. I think Here's they're the beating lightning in the arms race right now. Is Wes McCauley reffing? Well, if the answer is yes, the Leafs will not win. I know. It was brutal. It was brutal last week or last year. But anyways, but... let's move on. Let's move on to the Oilers. The Oilers did it. They went and got Eric Carl. Oh, no, it's not. They got defenseman Matias Alcombe. That's good, too. Oilers acquired defenseman Matthias Alcombe. Uh, Matthias Alcombe. That was brutal. Cut that. And a sixth round pick for Barry Reed Schaefer, who's a 32nd overall pick in last year's draft, and a first round pick in this year's draft, plus a fourth next year. So at home, four, no, three and a half more years at 6.25. Got it down to six with 4% salary retention. Thank God they did that, Ace, too. The Oilers finally land their defenseman that can actually play shutdown minutes. How big of a win is this for the Oilers, Kai Kuypers? I love it. Feels I like think, it's an uh, A. It, it feels like an A. I, I, you know, they gave up a lot for him, but Ekholm's a fantastic defenseman. And, um, you know, where you look at his metrics, where he's rated the lowest is on, like, power play, for example. Right. That's great. They don't need him to do that. Yeah, yeah. Just the Oilers five don't on five. Play five on five. He can play on the PK. That's just what they need him to do. And then he'll be a great number three, number four for them. Fuck. What? 
I just realized I've got Barry in my fantasy team, and I just lost all the fucking McDavid power. Yeah, plays. that's that hurts. <laughs> oh, rest in peace, well, Barry fantasy owners. Well, honestly, I think Barry might get flipped. Why would Nashville keep him? You know, yeah. it'd be hilarious if Edmonton traded back for Barry, but then retained fifty percent. <laughs> that would be awesome. Reed Schaefer, thirty-second overall pick in twenty twenty-two, prospect King Braden. I don't think mm-hmm. this is someone that was on your radar, right? So it's not like we should dive too much into it. But a 30-second overall pick, pretty good, pretty high. Yeah. They I mean, basically get two first-round picks for Echo. I do not look at it that way. But... Basic, so, I mean, he's basically a second-round pick, which means he's basically a fifth-round pick, according to Brady. So Yeah, they are the same. They are the same. Uh, the numbers don't lie. Seven. Fuck you. The numbers don't lie. How about that? Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, he's a point-of-game player in the WHL, so... Who wasn't? Um, so was our Steve exactly. Baines. Exactly. But uh, <laughs> I like Baines. I like Baines as a prospect. Uh, Point is, no, when was the last time the Oilers actually like won a trade involving defense? Yeah, that's when true. They traded Taylor Hall for Adam Larson. Yeah, they won that trade. Good call, for sure. I wish they did. The, I wish I, I just want to like, I know we got to get back on track here, but I wish that Eugene Melnick wasn't interfering so much because the trade would have been Cody CC for Taylor Hall one for one. And that would have been so much fucking better. That would have been better. But now we get this. So I will be nasty. I like that. Um, In the Western uh, Conference, I'm glad the Oilers and like some teams doing something. Yeah, like I'm the Wild have been brokering. Yeah, I told. If you're like a fringe playoff team in the West, just sell. What are you yeah. playing for? Honestly, go get better draft position for Bedard. Just trade all your players to the East. And, and conversely, if you're Dallas, runways. if you're Dallas, Vegas, or Edmonton, you can get to the Cup Finals so easily. Like you should kind of do your thing here. Yeah, I mean Colorado's still there, so they're Speaking still of, the second some... favorite to win the Cup, Kai. Yeah, I mean, fair enough, right? Like, I think that the East is going to beat each other up. I think it's what's going to end up happening. And, like, it's going to be so unfair that we're going to get Tampa Toronto first round as well as Devils Rangers, but not oh, to get sidetracked. Oh, and it's so crazy how much those two teams are loading up. Let's go to the Devils trade of acquiring Timo Meyer, the biggest fish on the market. Finally goes to the Devils. We've been hearing this for weeks now. It's Meyer. And bear with me here. Abrahamov, Harrington, Hadaka, and Emmond in a fifth rounder. So, did anyone know any of those names before this trade? I don't think it even yes. matters. Scott right? Harrington was on the Leafs before. He was claimed off waivers, so he's not even on the fucking Sharks anymore. Yeah, he's not on the uh, Devils anymore. You mean them too? Yeah. <laughs> so that it's just basically Timo Meyer for Zetterland. Andreas Janssen, former Leaf, who honestly I think can be a solid third liner on uh, yeah. the Sharks. Defenseman, this guy's name is super cool. Shakir Mukamadulin. I think uh, I Mukamadulin. just nailed that. Oh, sorry, and- Shakir Mukamadulin, who was, Kai, do you remember this? Was selected with the f- first round pick that the Devils had from trading with for Blake Coleman to the Lightning and the Lightning got that pick for trading JT Miller to the Canucks. So you know that because he's a Canucks draft pick, he's going to be a rock star for the Sharks. Thank you for that ridiculous Canucks. That was a a roller coaster. So the (laughs) Devils trade is Meyer Meyer for Zetterland, Janssen, 
what that guy, Mukamadoulian, Nikita Okatian, <laughs> a first round pick and a second round pick. The condition is uh, pretty cool. So if Jersey makes the conference finals in either of the next two years, that second round pick that they got turns into a first. And you're seeing that a lot more. Uh, I think teams should just do that. Hey, if you did the yeah, conference finals, make it a win-win trade. Like we don't need their fucking first. We're doing good. Take our first. And you guys can now cheer for us. Your fan base can cheer on our pick. You know what I mean? I think that's a Question good Question for you. For Would you have rather received the package that Nashville got for Genot or the package that the Sharks got for Meyer? So let's compare that quickly. I'll just set it up. A first, a second, third, fourth, and fifth, plus a prospect that was drafted in the first round for Yenot, or a first, second, seventh, and Janssen and two prospects. I personally don't know a whole lot about the prospects involved in the Meyer deal. And I don't know either, so we'll throw it to the prospect king, Braden. Uh, like I said, Shakir is going to be pretty good. No, Shakir actually, uh, Makama Doolin is going to be, you're looking at a second pair of smooth skating left-hand defenseman. Wow. Uh, we could probably play on your second power play line, second PK line. To answer I your like question, him. Kai, yes, I think I'd rather take the Gino trade. Like, a first, second, third, fourth, and fifth in Cal Foot. That's still Cal Foot's better not than good. that. Cal Foot is the seventh defenseman. And he was drafted in 2017. I don't yeah. think you can call him a prospect anymore. No, he's he's he is what he is. He's a fringe NHL defenseman. You'd be surprised, like the amount of times I'm seeing NHL defensemen with one year's, two years time, and they've drafted in 2014. Like it feels though with defensemen, the sometimes it takes a long time to develop. You know what I mean? You want to know why he's still around? It's his dad's Adam Foot. You got him. Put one foot behind Nepo, the other. baby. So that is the Timu Meyer trade for the Devils. So it feels Devils. like a win because you got the top fish for less than a third liner. Basically, feels like a I win for the Devils. So. And he'll be around for a bit. And like, I mean, that's going to be pretty nice. Match having... too. Like that team had center depth and they needed scoring wingers. Meyer was the Dude, best how... scoring winger in the market. How do you like having a lineup, Brat, uh, Hughes? Meyer. Meyer. Oh god, that's, that's, so, nasty. that's Meyer. so nasty. That's so nasty. Yeah, it's really that's... nasty for sure. So the Devils go out and do that, whereas the Rangers, who they're gonna probably play in the first round, their arms race. They got Patrick Kane and Tarasenko. You want to talk Ooh. about a fucking ridiculous lineup? Have you been seeing those new Rangers lines? Holy shit! Patrick Kane, Panarin, and Trocheck is your second line. And by the way, Panarin and Kane back. I forgot about that. I forgot that they're back together now. That wasn't electric the last time Chicago was good, wasn't it? My goodness. I think the Rangers won the arms race, but let's not uh, disregard how good Meyer is. And I think Meyer's the best of those three players. Yeah, but. Would you take I, I the Devils the or the Rangers sides going into this playoff matchup now? It feels like after the, mm. they're Rangers. super even. Rangers. I think this yeah, is going Rangers. Like six, seven games, though. Rangers uh, have uh, Shostrykin. Yeah. yeah, that's the deal breaker. Yeah, like, <laughs> forward depth, it's like I, I take the Rangers forwards just barely. D, I probably go Devils. They have D, I go Rangers. Now. I actually, I think yeah, the Rangers, like I, I Rangers. take. They're just the slightly better team, but the Devils, good for them, man. They're up and coming. They're up and coming. Look, oh, out. Yeah, the Devils will be good for so long now. Mm-hmm. And if they m- manage to beat the Rangers, not going to be su- too surprised. 
the Bruins acquired Dmitry Orlov and Garnet Hathaway. Uh, Garnet Hathaway in a three-team trade, including Minnesota Wild again. The Minnesota Wild getting a fifth-round pick for a shitty prospect yet again. So they get Orlov and Hathaway. They give up a first, a third, a second, and a fifth, plus Craig Smith. Is this a big Bruins W as well? I think it was the yeah. uh, biggest win of the pre-deadline so far. For the Bruins, eh? Or for the Yeah, I, th- I think the Bruins, that's the biggest win of any deal so far. Orlov was so good during the during that uh, Washington yeah. run. He's, he still is. Yeah, and that's exactly what they needed, right? He's a in Garnet Hathaway. He's a perfect bottom six Bruin. Bruin written all over him. Fuck them picks. You also don't need them. Yeah, I think that's a. I think that's fair to say that they had the biggest W. I, I want to say it's the Leafs with the Ryan O'Reilly deal, but we got to see what they do we'll still. See. But getting out of the Craig Smith contract as part of that deal too is pretty big. Yeah. That's oh huge. man. Huge. Yeah, I didn't notice that. Right, like even just the acquisition cost. Let's say Craig Smith's not there. You pay a first and a third and a second. You kind of go, okay, well, you get a top four defenseman who's really a top pairing defenseman, like a decent number two, and like a strong depth guy who you know is going to run shop on the Bruins. Yeah, like, okay, I'm cool with that price. Throw in that you get rid of the Craig Smith contract. It's hard not to just argue that it's a pure dub for the Bruins. You know Mm -hmm. what I think is the only chance the Bruins lose the first round? is if the Islanders fall to the eight seed. I think those Islanders, adding Bo Horvat, having Ilya Sorokin, is the only team in the race that could match up and give the Oilers, a, or give the Oilers, give the Bruins a fighting chance here. You're Sabres, forgetting about Penguins. the highest scoring team in the NHL, the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah, the Sabres are plus 17 right now as a differential, which is better than the Islanders and Penguins and also every other team in the wildcard race. Yeah, maybe the Bruins could, but their goaltending seems to be a big issue. Yeah, if they Apparently, get a goalie, I think is being scratched. Looking at the goaltender market, I guess there's also Demko, and there's a bunch of teams that kind of need goalies in the LA Kings of the world. There's even the Senators that are looking to trade maybe Talbot. But the Senators would also need a goalie in that world. Buffalo Sabres have this Craig Anderson, Yukonen tandem. As far as goalies go, do we think we will see any move before the deadline? Corpusalo. I don't think you see Demko just because of the intricacies of that contract mm-hmm. and what you would need coming back for Vancouver. As good as RDC Loves has been, you heard it here first. I fucking called that. Kid's a rock star in the NHL already. But... You need a decent, like, you need a goalie coming back to Vancouver who could play like 60 games. You're not going to get that at the trade deadline. And Corpusalo's scratch for trade reasons. You've heard it here first. Loose change reporting it. Corpusalo to the Kings. Uh, return is in the works. Yeah. And I think Carl Vamelka is the other goalie there you got to look for on oh the Coyotes. God, I keep on forgetting how good he is. He is no bullshit, a top 10 goalie in the NHL. I put him at number 10, but you did. You were ahead of this. And the last three times I've watched Arizona games, admittedly two against the Leafs, he dominated. He is very good. If you look at expected goals against, you look at GAA save percentage on the Coyotes, like this guy is up there. I don't the want the Kings to get better, though. No. Like, the, I tell you, the Coyotes are the offshore minor generals of the NHL. They're always shit, so they're always in their own ends. So the goalies have to get good because they're taking 100 shots a game. So are we grading with Kai as an A for the 
Bruins Orlov trade. Move yeah. past that. Carolina Hurricanes acquire forward Yessi Puliarvi. He's finally gone off the Oilers with his full contract in exchange for the rights to an unsigned unsigned draft choice. Um, so basically just Puliarvi and his contract. Here you go. Is this going to be impactful towards Carolina at all? I saw a great tweet earlier that kind of just said, oh, he's a perfect hurricane. Doesn't score much, but a great play driver. Yeah, that's, he's Finnish. That's and he's Finnish. Mm-hmm. He gets to go hang out with his boy Sebastian Aho. Uh, not that Cock one, but the, the other one. It's it's very reminiscent of the Max Domi acquisition last year. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I like. I, it. I think he's going to do well for Carolina. I think he'll I like it here. a lot. Patrick Pistola, third round pick. He's an okay prospect. I don't think he's making it though. So, like Edmonton gave away a decent young player for nothing. I'm just glad to not have to hear about Jesse Pugliarvi uh, almost yeah. being traded 10,000 times every yeah. season anymore. I'm so glad that's over. He's on a new team now. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Why not? Like, I guess from Carolina's side, like, I guess they gave up nothing. So if they think Pugliarvi has a shot to figuring it out, why not? I guess. Yeah, and it's a free shot. Just It's a free shot. Like, how long is his contract on for? He has one more year after this? Or is this his last season? He got re-signed. I'm pretty sure the Oilers re-signed him to a contract this year during their... I'm going to I'm gonna pull that up right now. I'm pretty sure it was at his QO, though, so I think he's up at the end, but he's still RFA, so they'll still have his oh. rights. Oh, so but... then, yeah, from Carolina's perspective, why the hell not? No, it, If, if it, you it's... can fit him in, go for it. He's been go having an okay year in Edmonton for what it's worth. Yeah, he's he's a RFA after this year, $3 million. Mm. Okay. You know what's crazy is the Rangers somehow got Patty, Patty Kane for two point six mil. <laughs> he's he gone for 2.6 mil the rangers gave up a conditional second round pick that once again like the devils eastern conference finals if the rangers reach that it becomes a first round pick is this a win for chicago felt like you could only trade oh, him to the rangers uh, no. so I you, an L. buddy you I can't can, believe you listen, didn't get a first listen. for patrick you can, kane you can yeah. only trade on to one alone. team he could only it's, he has a no move clause and he was only going to one team. There's, tough cities, he you need a guaranteed gotten, first. Look at what Giroux forced his way to Florida and look at that return that Philly Thank got you. last year. That's the same situation here. He said, I'm going to this team, go get as much as you can. He if he wanted to help Chicago, he would have said, Hey, I trade me for the most you can. That's not what he did. He wanted to go play in MSG. I think Chicago you- got what they could. You play hardball. It's not the deadline yet, dude. Yeah, the deadline's on Friday. You didn't get the first for Patrick. You still had until the deadline. It's Tuesday we're recording this. The trade went down today. You still had three more days where you could sit on that and say, fine, I'm not fucking doing it. Then fuck you. Yeah, okay. And then every single day go to Kane and say, can we trade you to Buffalo? And he says, no. No, you know know what he wants. And you just go, okay, look, if we don't get a first, we're not doing it. Okay, so you'd rather do that and not get anything. No, or the price go said, down because you didn't let me finish my point. Price stays the same, right? They were willing to do that deal there. They were going to keep that. To me, you don't blink until it's Friday and that deadline's coming down. And if they're not calling, fuck. Okay, we it's our internal deadline. We'll take the deal we got. Because you're right, you don't want to repeat a Dan Ham. You say we're at the Canucks where it's too insulting, so you don't take it and you get nothing. But you've got four more days. Make them sweat. You have the time. Like, there's what's the harm in waiting three days? Yeah, Brayden, you just nailed that. That's literally my thoughts. Like, if they got that on Friday, like 
two out like an hour before the deadline, I'd be like, okay, I guess that was the best they had. And get over it, but it's Tuesday. I don't like. I don't. Give I a think. Shit. I think that's kind of ridiculous, especially considering what we've seen across the NHL trade. Like there are no trades left at the deadline, guys. This is how the NHL is working the last few years, and it's been that way almost since our childhood. Now, deadline day, there's nothing that goes on. Yes, last year's yeah. deadline day was the only thing that mattered because Montreal said we're selling last minute. But this year, there's no one left on the market. He was only going to one place because he had no move clause. If Chicago got anything, we were talking a couple weeks ago about trading Kane for a third. And now we're looking back at they got a conditional first and we're saying it wasn't enough. I think it's uh, revisional history and I think it's bullshit. But that was us talking about what we'd give up versus what we know what the market was. It's We know what the market was. You should have got a guaranteed first for Patrick Kane. Are, are we like, having two it, different conversations? The market was one team because he had a no move clause. Yeah, but here's again, that comes back to the whole point of just waiting. You've just blinked first, and the punch hasn't even been thrown yet. You had two more days until the punch was going to get thrown. Then you see who blinks. Yeah, and like there's also like, I understand he wanted to go to the Rangers, but like, you can't Tough tell titties. me that you can't tell me that it comes down closer and closer. And he goes, he goes, okay, we can send you to another team that's still a contender and they're giving her a better offer. Or, can, yeah, you don't, hey, think, you go you don't think Kane goes like, fuck, okay, I don't want to stay on Chicago. Fine, send me here. I'm a UFA next season anyways, then I'll yeah. go to the Rangers. Hey, you so want to go to LA for a little that. bit? It's LA. Who the fuck does want to go to LA? He would have said yesterday, hey, we're going to figure this out. I think $2.6 million. You want to go to Tampa? It's Patrick Tampa just gave Kane. all that for fucking him. He is the second most points in Blackhawks history. It's He's a future Hall of Famer, no questions asked. It was clear that Chicago is, like, they're not, you know, like it also matters where Kane but what's goes. What's like, the downside to waiting three days? Trying to do him a favor. Like I, I don't understand why this three day wait thing is making you guys jump from. Nah, it would would have been a good trade on the deadline, but because they didn't do it four days before for this price, that I, because I just, you're because I it's a bad return for him. Yeah, because you could have increased your return. It wasn't a bad return. Nothing clarifies the mind like a deadline. When the deadline's coming and you're going, oh, think if it's the Rangers right now, oh, we got time. Let's see if they're willing to come down. But you understand oh, the argument they, that like, hey, it's oh, Patrick Kane, right? Down. Yeah, like, I think it's three Patrick days Kane. He's a Hall nothing. of Famer. We should give him the respect. And like the same way the Leafs like moved Sundin onto the Canucks. Like it's like, he hey, Matt Sundin, thanks for doing all this stuff for us. Let's let's move you on to like Vancouver. That did not happen. He was a free agent. He was a free agent, and he didn't sign for half the year. He only signed in in January. But like that whole like half a year, they were talking to the Canucks about potentially trading them there. Ended up not doing it because they wanted to stay with the Canucks. It's just a whole. Well, I think. Do you like, do you think Blackhawks fans are happy King. about this trade? I, like if I I'm think a Blackhawks fan, I'm not. I happy. understand it. No, for sure. I just lost my Hall of Fame. Oh, you owe respect. A, a conditional first. Yeah. Oh, I owe him respect. No, I don't. I don't. He's not a good guy. I don't deserve him respect. I, I. I. Yeah. Well, we can move past this conversation because we clearly disagree with it. But one thing we can all agree on is that Patrick Kane covered up a sexual assault against a teammate. Um, moving on. <laughs> Let's go to another trade, the big trade all of us have been waiting to talk about. Vancouver Canucks trade defenseman Riley Stillman to the Buffalo Sabres for third-round pick Josh Bloom. What are our thoughts? Uh, I actually love that trade. I know you're being sarcastic, <laughs> but I love that trade. Me too. 
<laughs> no, you know, hey, you know, Riley Stillman, Riley Stillman friend, sucks. Friend of the podcast from high school. It's a nice guy. I don't care. He sucks. Didn't play great, but uh, no, prospect back. Good <laughs> he was prospect. good for the tank. I'll say that. I just had to bring, yeah, we lost the tank commander. <laughs> but uh, thank you. We uh, I did want to touch on that. Is there any other Canucks like uh, rumors you guys want to touch on? There's been JT some Miller stuff, some JT well, I, stuff. Well, I do think this can be transitioned into, you know, this is our uh, trade deadline primer. So prime who is left on the left. board? And the fact that they're all Canucks just happens to be a coincidence. JT Miller is going to get traded to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Penguins. And, and yeah. Penguins fan Stewart is not upset about it. <laughs> Yeah, like to get into it, right? The report, the reports coming out is that Pittsburgh and Vancouver have been talking. It sounds like there's going to be some kind of big trade between them. Apparently, Kerfoot and the Leafs and the Canucks, there's something going on there. We'll see. But the big heat that's been talked about is talk is uh, talk's been heating up between the Penguins and the Canucks for a forward with term. There's three candidates on the Canucks: Garland, Besser, JT Miller. Honest to God, the most likeliest is Besser. We know that the Penguins like him. That being said, there's reports coming out from a Pittsburgh beat writer going, it's not Brock Besser, which means JT Miller might be the guy. Uh, the return going the other way sounds like the framework would be Patterson and Joseph or one of them plus. And but to that point, before, it could yeah. be Demko as well. Yeah. It's a player with, player with term. I would they said that. forward with term. They said forward with oh, term. Oh, they did say forward with term? Okay, so okay. it's one of the three. To me, looking at JT Miller, like, you know, Stu, we'll, we could get into it with you, but it's just like of those players, he's going to have the biggest impact from an offensive point of view. And we're talking about how that contract's the issue for the Canucks because it doesn't fit within their competitive window. That's a deal where it fits in with Pittsburgh's window. Who gives a shit mm-hmm. if they're bad in four years? Because Crosby and Malkin might be done, right? Yeah, for I'm sure. With you. It, it just depends on the re- what the return is. I, if it's Pedersen and Joseph, I think that's a real issue unless Pittsburgh goes out and gets another left-handed defenseman. Because if they trade both of them, then you're going your left defender, like Brian Dumoulin, who's a shell of a former self. Like He's been playing mm-hmm. slightly better recently, but you can't play him top-pairing minutes. And then you have Ty Smith, which I want to watch him play, but it's still just like he can't play defense. So if Pittsburgh can go out and like in a fever dream somehow trade for JT Miller and then also go get Chickren, then fine. You can take Pedersen and Joseph, but I just don't know a world in where that's possible. I mean, I don't think it takes much to get Miller. To be fair, like in the big thing that's come out with this, I wanted to touch from a Canucks perspective. It's that the Canucks have been calling teams saying, hey, what do you think about JT Miller? The difference there is that that means that they've recognized that they made a mistake signing him to that deal and they need to get rid of this fucking guy. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not teams going, Hey, can we get him for nothing? This is them reaching out going, Hey, what, you know, what's the framework going to look like here? Maybe you're looking at a guy like Jason Zucker going back. Um, to me though, the Canucks are happy to get Jude Patterson for Miller. I think they do that one for one. Yeah, I, I don't know if the money works. I don't know if he can, but like, it, I think they're would, happy to do that. It, I think it would depend on, uh, I think it should work anyways, because I think Pedersen makes about four, but Pittsburgh even just put Brock McGinn on waivers today. They opened up space. There you go. So there's that. And then if you're Pittsburgh, like you said, you want Chitron, dude, if you've got your first, if you got this year's first and next year's first. Trade your first con- and all your prospects for yeah. Chitron, to be honest. Go get them. Honestly, there you go, buddy. Like, there's a way, there's a world where that happens. And it's Brian Burke, right? Like, we, we say it's Axtell, it's Burke. We know he likes to trade. I'll keep my fingers crossed. I will not be. I'll buy a JT Miller jersey if the Penguins make like the conference 
conference finals. <laughs> I am buying a Luke team. Shen jersey if he resigns Ooh. with the Canucks. Old, how about getting an old school Leafs Luke Shen jersey? They've got to be. I saw one the other. I saw one on. I saw one the other day on Facebook Marketplace for like thirty bucks, and I was like, "Oh, maybe I should do it for the joke." And I was like, "Oh, it's a leaf one, though. I don't want it if it's not a Canuck one." And now I'm sitting here going, "Fuck." That's probably worth five (laughs) hundred, right now. All right. Well, any other trade-related things on the loose change trade preview primer? I can't even even think who's left besides Chitrin and the Columbus guys. Like yeah. Gavrikov and Corpusalo, because yeah. I used to tweet like during that's a dirt link to the LA Kings right now. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there's not many teams left, so like the Kings and Jets need to do something. If I'm the Winnipeg Jets, that I still need to go out and do something. Oh, absolutely. I like the Nita Rider yeah. trade for them, though. Yeah, that's a good point. Go get Gavrikov too. Fuck it. Why not? Mm-hmm. Well, that does uh, it. <laughs> Brayden, any uh, love corner advice? Love is a lie. All right. Well, can let's end the episode on something <laughs> a bit more positive. So, Brayden, let's let's pretend that you didn't just say that. Um, hey, Brayden, have anything to say about love before we end the podcast? It is a whisper that leads. Oh fuck! Like I can't remember the rest of the desire? song. No, it's it's like you remember Napoleon Dynamite, where oh uh, here's the story for you. Napoleon Dynamite were doing the sign language song. It's like they say, Love, it is a river, like that song. Yeah. And then he does the butterfly. So here's a fun story for you. At my grandmother's funeral a couple of years back. Oh my God. You know, she's in the casket and shit. Like it's open. Like everyone's like coming up and like, I'm so sorry for your loss. And like people are crying. And like my brother and I are just hanging out. And then uh, they put that fucking song on because like I guess that was her favorite song. And I look at Mitch and I start doing the fucking butterfly like. You know, <laughs> hand signal or whatever it is, uh, American Sign Language thing for butterflies, and he just starts fucking dying laughing. So we've got people coming up to us. My grandmother's dead behind me, and uh, I've got tears coming down my face, and I'm just laughing. And people are like, "Oh, I'm so sorry for your loss." I'm like, "Thanks." <laughs> and uh, I don't know. They thought I was just dealing with grief in a weird way. And, uh, grief does come out in many strange forms. So hug your loved ones a little closer tonight. This episode is dedicated to Brayden's dead grandmother. (laughs)